What's going on, listeners? Thank you for tuning in to All Things Boston. It is Memorial Day weekend, quarantine edition. I am coming live from my apartment, about to prep up some food, get everybody hyped up for this uh, really bad day of weather. It is, uh, it is what it is. You got to make the best of it. You got, we got some friends coming over. I'm about to get kind of nasty with some skewers. I got this bruschetta I'm making with some Italian bread, garlic oil, cream cheese spread, balsamic tomatoes, and a little sprinkle of Parmesan cheese. Um, so I'm going to probably do this podcast while I'm prepping the food. So if you hear a bunch of noises in the background, that is the, uh, the work of a culinary master at his craft. Um, I went to Roche Brothers. I got in a little bit of a a little bit of a pissing contest with this lady. I um, had to use the bathroom and um, I went in there and it was a little bit longer if you get catch my drift in there and I get up and as I walk out the door, I'm heading towards my carriage because obviously I don't bring my freaking carriage into the stall with me. And this woman goes, where's your mask? And I look at her and I'm like, I, I, I pull it out of my pocket and I'm like, lady, I don't wear my mask when I use the bathroom, okay? So my experience at the Roche Brothers in Quincy after that was a little bit fucked up. Sorry for my French, but like I kept walking by this lady and we kept giving each other dirty looks and it was like, all right, calm down and relax. Like this, I I don't know what's going on. Like I understand the severity of this pandemic. I understand that, you know, social distancing is very key. No shit. You know, if you want to stop a virus, everyone needs to stay away from each other, especially if you haven't quarantined with the same people. And I have done that. You know, I have an elevator to my apartment building. Um, Whenever I'm in there, I wear my mask. Um, But I'm not the extreme person who's wearing their mask driving or wearing their mask running or wearing their mask while they're walking in the park by themselves. Come on. And unfortunately, there's like a pretty solid and scary majority of people that believe in this crazy constitutional thing. Even the, the governor of Massachusetts is saying you do not have to wear a mask if you can socially distance. But that some people just don't get it. They think the mask protects them. They wear a mask thinking that, all right, I'm protected from coronavirus. So, um, cause this fucking piece of cloth that, um, I bought at a liquor store with a, a rubber band. And that's a true story. Cause my, my masks are from the Washington Street liquor stores on on Commercial Street in Weymouth uh, will protect me from this virus that, again, kills less than 99.9% of the population, which, again, I'm not I'm not saying it's it's a fraud, but I think when we look back on this, it's really just going to be like the pneumonia. But yet we just kind of freaked out and everyone, you know, you're like in too deep. It's almost like you're at a casino and you're already down. And you run to the ATM and you're not going to just walk off the table and be like, you know, tell your wife, hey, I just lost the mortgage. Um, you know, you know, divorce me. Uh, no, you're going to keep playing. And I think that's what happened. I think politically, a lot of people got in too deep. They made a lot of drastic, uh, drastic decisions and it was too late. They're not going to pull out. So then, you know, we shut the city down and then you're like, oh, well, if New York's doing it, which like, you know, New York's the, the worst hit. But also, you know, we look at some, for some strange reason, Boston kind of looks at New York as like a sister city 
um, and kind of monkey see, monkey do the way they, they, they did things. And again, that ended up being a colossal failure because you, you left people in nursing homes. You didn't regulate the nursing homes. You didn't attack the nursing homes right away. You didn't go after anyone vulnerable. You made it seem like it was a whole thing for everyone. Then it came out, oh wait, if you're under the age of 60, you have a really rare chance of getting really deadly sick. Now, again, I'm not saying that people didn't get sick. That did happen. But my beef is, there was just so much misinformation and no one wanted to sound like a jackass. No one, I guarantee you there's so many doctors out here that are just like, want to speak up, but they can't because it's just like, they're going to be just like black sheep out of the medical community for talking out of opinion, which is just crazy. Like, it's just the fact that opinions now are, are not even being okay you know whether it's a fact or not like you know i have a i feel like maybe you know we didn't land on the moon the first time and they had a studio fucking set i'm i mean it's kind of far-fetched but again if who cares if i say that that's my opinion and that's it regardless if that might influence someone doesn't mean it's the facts i'm just i just have an opinion i didn't i think you know john f kennedy was killed by like a fuck ton of people like like government involved and once again, like, that's my opinion, you know, like, I don't need to be, like, demoted off, like, Google or, like, anything, any sort of, like, website because it doesn't line up with their views, and that's what's going on, like, you're seeing censoring, you're seeing, you know, all this, like, crazy shit, I remember when the internet was the wild west, man, you could fucking download whatever you wanted on Napster, you could just, like, do whatever you wanted, you can have conspiracies, now you have to, like, go on, like, a fucking VPN network just to, like, get into, like, other people's opinions because YouTube, Google, Facebook, it's all political now. And this whole coronavirus is so political now too. I honestly think if it wasn't for politics, this shit would have been already figured out by now. And, you know, being in Massachusetts and my podcast called All Things Boston, we are the slowest state to get out. I think there was like three cases last Sunday. When does it become a point where it's like, all right, maybe we should just start treating this like another common cold and slowly reopen the city. Because if you go to Boston right now, it's, it's depressing. I am scared <laughs> for just the way Boston's gonna have to be able to crawl out of this because there's just always gonna be negative media. Like this is the Democrats war, like, and they're, they're, they're winning the propaganda. And if you live in a, a liberal city or state you're gonna be force-fed all this shit. Like those masks really are propaganda tools. They don't protect you. So you're telling me if I go 6.1 feet away from someone, um, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna catch the coronavirus. Oh, so like if I go to a liquor store or you know it's okay to go to a liquor store or a um, or you know Target or Walmart, but I can't go to a restaurant because that's a, I get a more chance of eating at a small restaurant, right? You know, which wasn't even busy to begin with, like, especially the ones in my neighborhood. But that has to be shut down because they're more high risk than me being packed in a Walmart with fucking 100 other people shopping, right? It just doesn't make sense. Like, there are winners and losers of this. Unfortunately, small businesses, you would think in a state that's so liberal that wants to protect the people, would um, would be on top of that. But they're not. And they're more anti-business than anything. And they're, they're fear-mongering. And it's an election year. So everything's just tying in. And this is usually what happens. Like major stuff happens those next nine months before an election. And we'll see what happens. It's like, what else do they have up their sleeve? I mean, right now, 
there's all that talk about the next surge coming in um in October September. Oh, that's weird. It's like right around right around the election. So then if they do a mail-in ballot, that can be easier to cor- corrupt. So I I think as a country we're in a really scary time, but you know, like I said, as anyone that you know, it's, you just got to kind of ride the wave. Um, you don't want to overlook it either, but I just my issue is like just like the you know, people just being super just like crazy about it and like getting dirty looks for like me and my buddies playing wiffle ball at a park yesterday or um i can't grill outside on memorial day weekend because i'm too loud because everyone is in their house miserable and they want you to be miserable too that's the kind of shit that i just don't understand um how these how these places get to charge people full rent and not be able to use the amenities again that's another fraud and um yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, and, and kudos to, to Baker for just like legitimately just skating around everything. He has been the vague, master of vague when it comes to any sort of like information. And everyone's saying that and you know, it's gonna, I hope it hurts, it hurts them. But regardless, who, who are you gonna have run against them? There's gonna be another whoever you know it's going to be a democrat if he if he loses so you're going to get even someone even more in this crazy lockdown like this is the norm now where like it's okay to just shut down businesses and i honestly understand that we should i think the social distancing had obviously a positive effect on on kind of corralling the the virus but you know when are we going to start to like end this um and i give credit to david portnoy who like I'm not even a big Barstool guy. I just listen to the Kirk Minahan show a lot. But I give him credit because he was kind of like speaking for everybody else. Like, all right, like, when is this going to end? We're tired. And I'm sure you are. I was listening to this. And if you have people from out of state, there's some people from like Australia who actually listen to you guys are probably screwed too. Um, it's just crazy. But like I said, you got to stay positive. You got to gotta weather this storm. Um, and hopefully there'll be a little bit of changes with policies when they want to shut down the economy. There's a little more, well, I guess we'll, we'll put it this way. Everyone, the whole world was not prepared for a pandemic. And now I guess we're always going to be prepared. There's going to always be, we'll always be ready. So maybe something like this, that kind of seems like, uh, you know, this is probably like, the worst case scenario and when it does happen again it'll probably be more like all right elderly people stay inside and um you know shelter and but but we're not going to shut down the world anymore which i'm optimistic about because there's going to be a lot of data coming from this and um we're gonna learn a lot more from it mm. sorry Anyways, had a taste of tomatoes. So with that being said, you know, I haven't made any podcast because I did nothing to talk about. I mean, I've just been stewing over this coronavirus shit. Like to like to a point where like I'm just so um, I'm so ready for the world to open up. Like I've and everyone else around me too. You have a lot of people that were at first like very like nervous about it. But now people, even like the ones on the other side, 
are just kind of like, well, you know, I can't, my father's business is closing on the Cape, um, his clothing store, because he can't open. And I don't understand why a small boutique where you can probably limit who goes in to shop can't open, but I have to, I could go get a fucking six pack across the street, you know, and that's okay. Just doesn't understand it. And you would say a hundred years ago, there was probi- uh, prohibition. So the world's gone mad. It is what it is. Um, but I hope you guys stay positive and, you know, make the best of it. I've tried to do that. Uh, you know, for the most part, no drinking during the week. I'm doing the fasting diet, which has actually been super good for me. Like I'm not getting hungry anymore, especially when I'm eating at 12:30, And then, um, by 8 30 I'm done usually I'm underneath my calorie budget and that's helping me get some results my boy got one of those like electronic uh, electrolysis readers for like body fat stuff like that so if you really want to get down to the details that's something you need to pick up try fasting it makes sense when your body is um, running out of food to eat for like energy it will start eating at your fat and you need that. That's the only way you're going to get that stubborn belly fat out of your life. And I know everyone that has um, fitness goals and things like that. I'm sure your stomach is probably one of your most insecure parts of your body. And I totally recommend that you try this diet. My buddy's doing it too. He's shredding up. We're losing a point every couple of weeks, three weeks um, towards like visceral fat, which is like fat around your organs, especially around your stomach and things like that. So that's the positive thing. You got to make something positive out of this. Um, and I think a lot of people too, like those first three weeks definitely felt like it was a snow day where everyone was just getting hammered, baking and eating. And, but like reality hit and you got to keep yourself mentally fit. You know, people might lose their jobs when they get back. There might not be a job waiting for them. So you need to be physically, mentally fit. You need to be the best looking person at that job interview and you need to be mentally smart to answer all the questions for that job because it's going to be hard to get a good job until things get back to normal. So consider this one of the biggest fights of your life. Be in shape, be ready, be prepared. And, um, you know, I hope that everyone, you know, has that kind of mentality. It's the only way to go with, um, with your life. You know, don't give up, set your goals. Uh, I'm lucky to have a buddy that I work with, work out with, um, and find a gym buddy or your significant other. That's another thing. And just, Get after it. Get in shape. Be the best version of yourself because, like I said, um, Darwinism is a thing and the strong will survive and you need to be the strongest in all aspects. So, besides that, nothing else going on with sports. Rumor has that basketball is making a comeback. I don't care. Jordan documentary was pretty good. You know, as much as people want to, like, talk crap about it, I, I, I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. Um, but, uh... If you haven't caught that, I mean, shit, you're going to feel old because, man, I remember back then around those years, like I was, I would think I was in like, I was like in sixth grade, seventh grade, listening, you know, Pac just died, Biggie, Biggie died, you know, those Jordans were like the best shoes in the world and um, it was just, it was cool and I didn't realize how old it was until I'm like watching this and I'm like every fucking person on that show, I'm like their age. And when I was that age, and now I'm, <laughs> now I'm old, but um, definitely recommend you guys watching that show. It's fucking awesome. Ten-part series. Sure, it's a little bit of a Jordan propaganda, but it's still awesome. Um, and then the com- comparison to Tom Brady, 
I get the situation where the egos get too big for the uh, for the for the team, for the coach and the owner and the team, and there's always going to be friction when the egos get big. But Tom Brady just isn't Jordan. Jordan is the most important part of that that team. Phil Jackson's great. Phil Jackson managed the personalities that assisted Jordan, but without Jordan, there is no championships. You could say that with Brady, but Brady was complimentary. Brady was someone that kind of was that extra edge. Jordan was the whole fucking team. And you have to at least... And when they compare that, and when they talk about the greatest of all time, I don't know. I mean, do I think Brady's the best quarterback of all time? I have to say that because I'm from New England. But if you really want to look back, like, I'm trying to think of a quarterback who just, like, carried everybody and I, I mean I, in football it's hard I mean you only play one side of the team so it's like I don't know who it would be um I mean it's it's it, I get it Brady's great like I said like, like I think that's my argument like I don't know if you can actually say that Brady's so pivotal because without people like Willie McGinnis without Richard Seymour um without Ty Law without um you know, those, those playoff games against uh, the Colts, like, without Adam Vinatieri, you know, like, that's another guy who, you know, um, I would value Bill Belichick's coaching skills over Tom Brady's playing skills, and you can debate me on that, but if you look at someone like Michael Jordan, he's just the best, and he's cocky, and that's what makes him the best, and just Brady just doesn't have that star power, and then now he's just, he's just, he's just tone deaf trying to sell immune pills during a, you know, profiting. Like, damn, dude, get your shit together. So it is what it is. Just want to leave you guys with some content for the weekend. Hope everyone stays safe, positive, healthy. Um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Hopefully there'll be some good news coming up after phase two. Uh, Take care. Thanks for listening.